This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. The movie Quiz Lady is a fun new take on the classic comedic trope of polar opposites. And played by Aquafina, is an uptight, lonely trivia nerd. Her sister, Jenny, played by Sandra Oh, is the outgoing, perpetual screw-up. Together, they must set aside their differences to try and win a TV game show and save Anne's kidnapped dog. I'm Aisha Harris, and today we're talking about Quiz Lady on Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, A People's History, from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Directed by Prentice Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter, A People's History, tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, A People's History, is now streaming on Hulu. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com slash NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from the American Cancer Society. Dr. Alpa Patel leads a team that researches cancer risk factors, and she shares how a new study aims to impact an underrepresented community. My greatest hope for the Voices of Black Women study is that it will help us understand and identify culturally tailored ways to change and really eliminate the unacceptable disparities for future generations of Black women as it relates to cancer. To learn more, go to voices.cancer.org. This election season, you can expect to hear a lot of news, some of it meaningful, much of it not. Give the Up First podcast 15 minutes, sometimes a little less, and we'll help you sort it out what's going on around the world and at home. Three stories, 15 minutes, Up First every day. Listen every morning, wherever you get your podcasts. Joining me today is Kristen Meinzer. She co-hosts The Daily Fail, a podcast that does comedic close readings of the tabloids. She also co-hosts How to Be Fine, a podcast that looks at the good and bad of the wellness industry. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Aisha. Also with us is Margaret H. Willison, faculty with Not Sorry Productions. Hello, Margaret. Hi, Aisha. And rounding out the panel is Tobin Lowe, an editor at This American Life. Hey, Tobin. Great to have you here. Great to be here. So in Quiz Lady, Aquafina and Sandra Oh play estranged siblings Anne and Jenny. Anne is the uptight one who works a dull day job, has no friends, and has been obsessed with the trivia game show her entire life. Jenny is the freewheeling, fun-loving sister who's never found steady employment. Now, the sibling's mom owes a lot in gambling debts, so when Anne's dog Linguini, which is a really great name, I love it, (laughs) is kidnapped, Jenny conspires to get Anne on the game show so they can win enough money to get him back. Will Farrell plays Terry McTeer, the beloved game show host, and Jason Schwartzman plays the aptly named Ron Heacock, the show's arrogant, long-running champion. Quiz Lady was directed by Jessica Yu and written by Jen D'Angelo, and it's streaming on Hulu now. So Kristen, I want to start with you. 
now this movie, obviously, we have Sandra Oh playing this sort of zany character, and then we have Aquafina playing the more straight-laced character. So you could argue that this was very much against type casting. Obviously, we've seen Aquafina play more serious characters in the past, something like The Farewell. But this feels a little bit different, and I'm curious as to whether this kind of casting worked for you. Oh, absolutely. I so enjoyed, especially seeing Sandra Oh go completely mm-hmm. over the edge. So completely wacky. <laughs> I'm talking physical comedy. We're talking drugs. We're talking poop jokes, the whole thing. And Sandra Oh is just, she's a comedic gem. And I never really realized how funny she could be. And I very much enjoyed that. And I also thought Aquafina was very good at being uptight, long-suffering, irritated, not willing to speak up about anything, scared of the world. As somebody who myself comes from, you know, a family with two Mm -hmm. sisters, uh, an older sister who's very responsible, just like older sisters tend to be. Mm -hmm. I'm the younger sister and nobody in my family thinks I have a real job yet. (laughs) So uh, I kind of love seeing these dynamics play out. And I especially love it when the older sibling gets to be the screw up and not the younger one. So (laughs) just full disclosure, I don't think this movie is going to be anything that you don't expect, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I think you know what you're going to get when you see it, and that's fine. Yeah, Kristen, I think especially your point about Aquafina being really good in this, I completely agree. She has this like way of walking <laughs> and like just kind of slumped over, hunched over way of walking that just works perfectly. But obviously Aquafina is kind of a very polarizing character. You know, she's not worse than a lot of people, but she's definitely someone who people have reactions to. Um, and so, Margaret, I'm curious as to, you know, where you stand on the Aquafina of it all, but also, you know, give us your your thoughts on how this pairing worked overall. I thought that this pairing worked brilliantly. I really, really enjoyed this movie. I'm going to say this because I wonder if there are other people in my demographic who also became aware of this movie for the first time through a meme that was a picture of Sandra Oh in one of her costumes with like the elaborately styled hair and the purple streaks in it. It's like very teeny bopper. And she's like gaping at the camera and it's like me listening to Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> okay, I did not know that was a meme. I had no idea. Oh <laughs> and when I saw the trailer for this, I was like, oh my God. This is where the meme came from, which I mention only because I feel like Sandra O's costumes are like worth the price of admission alone. (laughs) Like they're so spectacular. And I felt like the chemistry between these two was really spectacular. You really get that sense of separation early on. But as they sort of loop into each other in the way odd couples will, you know, when the tension becomes a productive one instead of an antagonizing one, you really get to see such good interactions between the two of them and I really believed them as sisters. Jenny, we're too old to share a bed. Speak for yourself. Ben Franklin. The 30s are the new 20s. Since when are you in your 30s? Oh, since I did, I guess my age filter and it said 30. I also think they did a great job of casting like age-appropriate children versions of them throughout the film. Mm. You really do get that sense of continuity between the different characters, which again is a great note to the production design and costume design crews as well. Yeah. As for Aquafina, you know, I really like her. I feel like there was maybe a moment early in her career when she was getting pigeonholed where, you know, there was a particular type of broad comedy that they could do really well and like being called in to do that again and again in a lot of properties. But I feel like we're getting to see her do so much more within her range. Mm, yeah, yeah. Tobin, let us know how you felt about this movie overall. 
Um, okay, let me start by saying I love the people in this film. I would take a bullet for Sandra O. Oh. <laughs> I will say, like, the parts that really work for me is their chemistry, is the parts where it's sort of grounded in this sisterly relationship. Yeah, yeah. I did yeah. have sort of a tonal whiplash thing happening with the movie where I think because of the zaniness of the characters, maybe because of the casting and because of some of the trappings it had of like a very hangover bridesmaidy, like high jokes per capita kind of film. Like it, it does <laughs> things that make you think it's going to be that. It doesn't really have that, I would say. It does in moments. But I also had this feeling in some of the film being like, it, it almost feels like there's dead air here or something because <laughs> I expect there to be like joke, 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 joke. And then when I let go of that a little bit, then I settled into it and enjoyed it. But I think for a minute I was like, it's weird. This feels unfunny in a way that I don't think it's unfunny. Yeah. This is a little cerebral about comedy, which, of course, is great for comedy. It's to get into your head. But <laughs> that was my reaction. I feel like that's such a good point because we talked a little bit about Sandra Oh playing against type. But we also have Will Ferrell playing pretty much a completely straight man. And I feel like that's very emblematic of sort of like what you think the movie might be. It's like Will Ferrell doing a broad character and then like what it actually is, which is like Will Ferrell doing a really sweet, restrained performance. Right. It's time for... Stop the Quiz! I'm your host, Terry McTeer. Let's meet tonight's contestants, starting with Linda, who came all the way from Idaho. Did you bring any potatoes? Uh... I'm just kidding. It's easy if your expectations are one thing to be like, well, where are the jokes? But I feel like once you do get into the wavelength of what the movie's aiming for, you're like, oh, but it is providing that thoughtful, subdued sweetness in a real way. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think Will Ferrell was so good as Alex Trebek on <laughs> SNL. Um, of course, in those skits, he was still playing the, you know, quote unquote, straight man. But he's also clearly annoyed by all those characters in a way that he isn't here. Yeah. And even Jason mm -hmm. Schwartzman, he's playing... Very arrogant, you know, the worst person alive, which is a, a role he's played many times and is really good at. But Tobin, to your point, I understand that because in the trailer for this movie, there's a moment where you can see the, the writing scrolling and saying that from the producers of Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. And Barb and Star is definitely one of those movies that is just like jokes a minute, right. jokes within jokes, sight gags on type of sight gags, like that's what Barb and Star is. And this is not quite that in the same way. There are moments where you have that, but there are also one moment that I'm actually thinking of <laughs> that I wrote down in my notes was that after Jenny gets um, Anne to go viral for her like insane way of being able to just rattle off the answers to all of this trivia. Yeah. There's a moment where it's scrolling all of the headlines that are talking about Anne and her, uh, her ability to rattle off these things. One of the headlines is, uh, about how hating her is racist, but liking her is more racist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah. like, I really, really love those little moments. Um, but, you know, I also think that where the dead air is sometimes happening or what you might see is dead air is just more like moments of sincerity in a way. Maybe that's accurate. I don't know. Yeah. But mm -hmm. it worked for me. Like I could sense those moments where it wasn't quite hitting my funny bone. It wasn't like uh, as funny yeah. as you might expect it to yeah. be. But those are the moments where I was also like, 
oh, this is really, really sweet. Although I will say to Tobin's point, I do feel also that there were moments this could have Mm. been tightened up. My biggest criticism of the movie was I don't think it needed to be an hour and 39 minutes. I think an (laughs) hour and 29 minutes would have been perfect. Just trimming 10 minutes off of it to make some of those scenes just a little snappier, Mm. including those sincere moments, including the funny moments that maybe you don't need to run around the car three times. Maybe you can run around (laughs) twice or whatnot, you know? Other than that, I have to say, like, I don't really have any criticisms of the movie, but (laughs) (laughs) we're we're like getting down to the nitty gritty here, aren't we? Uh, My only note, I think, would be that, like, in these movies, especially these sort of R-rated comedies or whatever, Joyride had it, Bottoms had it. There's always this moment where the two main characters, they have this moment where they come to a head and then they have to separate for a little bit after having like this huge, big blowout argument. And then eventually they get back together. And, you know, this happens in every movie. Why it had to happen here. But it works so well in this one, Aisha. Okay. I, I mean, I will say, look, it does really work when it when they do come mm-hmm. together. Um, oh, I loved that. But I do want to kind of turn to the jokes themselves because, you know, one of the things I thought was really interesting and enjoyed was the fact that there are a lot of jokes <laughs> about what it's like to be Asian or dealing with racism. And I'm just curious how <laughs> how that all worked for you guys. Okay. I will say personally, I enjoyed... So there's sort of a running gag throughout the movie that Sandra O's character is weaponizing being an Asian woman in America. <laughs> she loves to drop in, do you know how hard it is to be an Asian woman in America? And even says it to Aquafina at one point. <laughs> then there's a moment later, like towards the end of the film, where she gets to say like, oh my God, actual racism. <laughs> so it's like, it's like the, the jokes were one step beyond just the experience of being Asian, but like also being aware of like a meta conversation and weaponizing it and then also recognizing when it's really happening. I was just like, oh, this feels like two or three steps beyond what I'm used to seeing when this gets sort of joked around or played about. And I like, I really enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was much smarter than a lot of like racism jokes. Um, It it goes a step further, including the joke that you already mentioned, Aisha, when we're scrolling down and seeing what the headlines are about the Quiz Lady video. (laughs) If you just look at all of them, every single headline is hilarious. It's not just the two that you mentioned. But I also really loved one moment where Aquafina is very high on (laughs) drugs. She's auditioning for the show. She's muttering a bunch of nonsense, something about the clouds at one point. And Sandra O oh is trying to like run defense, like, oh, oh, this thing she's saying about the clouds, this is just like an ancient Chinese saying. <laughs> and at a certain point, the camera just zooms in on an Asian guy in the audience, frowning and shaking his head. And I literally laughed out loud at that moment when you see that guy's face in the audience, like, excuse me, <laughs> this is not an ancient Chinese saying. <laughs> and just thinking about it now is making me laugh again. It, it was just funny, but it also was a smart approach to how we talk about race, including when we talk about race yeah. in yeah. not a good way. The thing that I really, really loved <laughs> about this, it was another sort of like by the books, like every one of these comedies has to have a drug scene or, pl- or like they do drugs. And to me, even that was elevated. It didn't feel quite as hackneyed. It felt kind of true to what the experience of that might be like. And it just like runs its course. It doesn't stay for too long. And it actually like involves not just going up, but then coming back down. I don't know. It was very, it, it worked for <laughs> I feel like this is also a good moment to call out that I feel like there are a lot of really quality needle drops in this. Like this was a movie that had a very reasonable budget and I feel like made exquisite use of it. And like minor characters like 
Aquafina's neighbor is played by Holland Taylor. It's like, well, I sure. love Holland Taylor. She was so good. <laughs> Why not? She was amazing. She yes. was amazing. But I feel like in this circumstance, they really used it well. And I would say another example of that is they get really good songs for moments. And the song that kicks in when that drug trip happens, it's Watermelon Sugar by Harry Styles. <laughs> what are these drugs going to kick in? Watermelon sugar, strawberries on a summer High budget picks all around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. High budget picks and and well done. Yes. Good work. Yeah. Can I go back to one thing? Yes. I will say when I finished the movie, the one thing I said out loud, and this is me showing, I'm revealing my cards as a stereotypical gay man. <laughs> At the end of the film, I did say, I think Holland Taylor was underused. <laughs> I didn't think that the role rose to what I want for Holland Taylor. <laughs> you know, that could be just me wanting character actresses to get like full films and jokes and characters and everything. I think that's fair. She is set up to have a big comedic moment. And then there is a change in who is going to be in that comedic moment. that was it for me. And I loved the big comedic moment as it occurred. But like, I am haunted by the Holland Taylor version of it. (laughs) Because you know it would have been amazing. I know. Exactly. But but the way her character reacts when that doesn't happen is also just like, yeah. Chef's kiss. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was nice to see her because I'd forgotten she was also in the chair with Sandra O, oh, that TV series right. um, that was set at a college. And I was like, oh my goodness. Oh, and yes. and so like to see them kind yes. of on screen again together was <laughs> quite fun. I love it. Mm. Um, I, I want to posit this. Between this joyride, bottoms, no hard feelings, Barbie, like are we having a moment? Is it safe to say that we're having a moment where like female-driven comedies were kind of the king this year. Mm. I hope it's not a flash in the pan, but it does seem like this was the year where it kind of all coalesced, where we had these like mid to big budget comedies that are, you know, about women, starring women, by women. And they all vary, I think, in terms of what they're trying to do and also how successful they are at what they do. But how do you feel about it? I love your sense of hope, Aisha. <laughs> I really do. And I wish I could believe that that were the case. But also, with the success of Barbie Studios, what was the response? Not let's make more female comedies. It's let's make more toy movies. Yes. A, a lot of these comedies also, unfortunately, I think kind of flew under the radar for lots of people, even though they're critically acclaimed, like Bottoms or Joyride, both very critically acclaimed. I feel like they still should have received more love from the public than they did. In my opinion, everybody should have been seeing those movies. Well, I should say I'm not necessarily optimistic. I'm just saying we do seem like we're in a moment. We did have a good moment. Mm, Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things that this shows is that at the very least, we don't have a pipeline problem, Mm. right? We have a lot of really, really talented comedic actresses. We have a lot of really talented comedic writers. And like... If they are given free reign to do stuff that is specific to their experiences, we get exceptionally fun movies. Here's hoping that Hollywood knows what to do with this glut of talent that these films absolutely demonstrate that we have. But it was definitely a great thing to be an audience member for this year. Yeah, absolutely. Tobin? (laughs) Thoughts? <laughs> yeah, let's let the let's let the man finish this conversation. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Look, I'm kidding. no, no, no. Um, we are equal opportunity. <laughs> I think the thing that I enjoyed, and I'm wondering if you all agree with this, is like I feel like Bridesmaids, for example, just to go back to like a hallmark of like yeah. women-led comedies. Like there was a thing about how that film got talked about, where it's like there's sort of like 
as body, as dirty, as funny, as like the hangover that people hold mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. We're doing this thing just as dirty mm-hmm. as you can and we're just yep. as funny. Yes. Even though like women should yeah. not have to have that conversation. Um, but I see like a lot of movies this year, like let's say especially like Bottoms and, and like this film too, where it's like, it doesn't feel as much like it needs to make a statement about we're in the same yes. arena as men's comedies. Yes. It's more just like, here are women-centric films that are centering, like, sisters, like, best girlfriends. And it's just about, like, the funny, weird, dark that happens in those spaces. I feel that definitely in the comedies this year. I think that's such a good point. <laughs> yeah, really. No, it truly is. And I think that... What you're also saying is just like these aren't movies that necessarily have to mm-hmm. appeal to men, you know, like obviously men can enjoy them, too. And hopefully they do. But it's not like, hey, honey, like, come see this movie with me because you're going to like it just as much as I do, because there's people puking yeah. and <laughs> pooping in the streets. Uh, <laughs> that was a very gendered uh, way of thinking right. about it. But like, I think that mm-hmm. that is the way the conversation yeah. often goes. You're well, not reflecting your understanding of gendered taste. You're reflecting the studio's understanding of gendered taste. <laughs> Thank you, Margaret. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> so something you mentioned earlier, Aisha, is that this movie is rated R, which I was shocked by because I definitely watched this and I'm like, oh, this is a perfect family movie. Oh, yeah. I have a good friend who has two stepdaughters and one is like mm. 11 and one is 14. And every once in a while out of the blue, you'll get a text message being like, what should we watch tonight? And I'm like so excited to be able to be like, watch Quiz Lady. <laughs> this seems like a very soft R. Like it's not like there's... The jokes aren't crude. They're not like, you know, there's no nudity. And the violence is cartoony. It's not real violence. (laughs) Very true. But yeah, if you're somebody who's at home and you've got any kids, I feel like between the ages of like 9 and 17, and you wanted to have a family movie night, I feel like this is a great one. And if you wanted to do sort of like a Sisters in Cinema night, I feel like this would be a great double feature with Practical Magic. One of the best sisters in cinema movies of all time. Yeah, I I love that you brought up family viewing of this, Margaret, because I was thinking this would be a great holiday viewing option for the family to gather around the TV and watch because it's so similar to a made-for-TV holiday movie in which plot points it hits. Everything from kind of the meet-cute when the (laughs) sisters reunite to the turmoil to the separation and the getting back together again that Aisha talked about. And also, you know, those moments that might be predictable but that are executed so wonderfully well. And I'll admit it, I got a little thrilled at the end. I yeah. did. Oh, oh, yeah. And so I it do. did give me a lot of the same feels as watching a made-for-TV holiday movie. So maybe if folks want to gather around the TV after Thanksgiving dinner, this might be a good one to watch. I also appreciate that there isn't a love story for yes, either of the sisters. Right. The only one of our main characters who ends up coupled at the end is Mr. Linguini. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's true. Gentle spoiler, but I'm not telling you with whom. Also, maybe a spoiler, but we never meet the mom. So this is really, in a way, it's kind of like saying, you know, yes, you can maybe reconcile with certain family members, but maybe you don't have to reconcile with everyone. That's true. Some people are meant to run off to Macau, and that's all there is to it. And that's a perfect message for the holidays. You never have to talk to your mom again if you don't want to. (laughs) Well, on that note, (laughs) it sounds like all of us are recommending this as perfect holiday viewing, which was not the turn I was expecting us to go down, but... Here we are. <laughs> we want to know what you think about Quiz Lady. Hopefully you enjoy it. We did, for sure. You can find us at facebook.com slash bchh. 
And that brings us to the end of our show. Kristen Meinzer, Margaret Wilson, Tobin Lowe, thanks so much for being here. This was fun. It was great. Thank you. This was great. Yeah, this is great. Thanks for having me. And we want to take a moment to thank our Pop Culture Happy Hour Plus subscribers. We appreciate you so much for showing your support of NPR. And if you haven't signed up yet and want to show your support and listen to this show without any sponsor breaks, <laughs> yes, you know you do, head over to plus.npr.org slash happy hour or visit the link in our show notes. This episode was produced by Hafsa Fatima and edited by Mike Katzif. Our supervising producer is Jessica Reedy. And Hello Come In provides our theme music. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. I'm Aisha Harris, and we'll see you all tomorrow. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts.